Uh, but do you think it's plausible, though? Do, it you, is do, possible. You, do you think it it is you possible. could actually get a million Israelis to leave their home in a peace treaty? No, no, no it's not their home. So again, it's language. Well, to them, it's their home. No, no, it is not. Nahed Awad, executive director and co-founder of CARE, the leading Muslim civil rights organization in America. Welcome back to the show. It's, it's a pleasure to have you back Thank on. You. Thank you. Last time we sat down together in this very room, at this very table, you told me your story as a young man growing up in Palestinian refugee in Jordan. And sadly, here we are once again, almost a year, year and a half later, and the situation is as dire and brutal as ever with over 15,000 Palestinians killed, half of them being children, and within those children, the average age being five years old. In the last week alone, since the moment of this recording, Wadi al-Fayumi, a six-year-old boy, was stabbed 26 times, and his mother over a dozen times, with police confirming that him and his mother were being, were being targeted for being Muslim and Palestinian. His mother couldn't even go to her son's funeral because she was in the hospital. And who killed them? Their landlord. I mean, talk about not feeling safe in your own home, let alone in your own country in America. And just this week, three 20-year-old Palestinian American college students were shot in Vermont. Their crime? Wearing the Palestinian kafiya. What has CARE been doing about all of these events that are happening to the Muslim community in America? Well, as expected, um, CARE has been extremely active in calling for a ceasefire on the administration, members of Congress, and uh, policymakers and, and lawmakers, who have been very disappointingly um, one-sided uh, backing Israel, given Israel the green light with no limits, even their staff at the State Department were pressured not to talk de-escalate. And that shows how dire the situation has been. Um, and we managed to put the pressure along with millions of people in the United States to uh, produce a, a ceasefire. We hope that this, visa, this ceasefire will be unconditional and will be permanent. And secondly, we have been responding to the Israeli propaganda that has been perpetrated also by the U.S. media and the president himself and many lawmakers and policymakers in this country. Uh, and we have managed collectively as pro-Palestine voices in the U.S. and around the world to expose Israel's lies, propaganda, talking points, their efforts to suppress those who speak uh, truth to power and those who have been just uh, see, uh, saying what they're seeing, uh, which is the uh, atrocious uh, genocidal campaign that Israel, backed with the U.S., had, had been implementing and, and imposing on the Palestinians. Has uh, the family of uh, this... I'll, yeah, I'm just giving you like a quick response to, sure. to, to your answer. Uh, and I believe we, uh, the, the, the reality, the truth of what Israel is doing to the Palestinians, uh, despite the backing uh, by the U.S. and other corrupt uh, regimes, um, have shown that the humanity of the Palestinians cannot be suppressed. And that's why the world public opinion is with the Palestinians. A growing number of Americans have been calling for a ceasefire. And a growing number of Americans and Jewish Americans have been condemning the policies of the U.S. and the U.S. government. And finally, CARE has been actively defending the rights 
of those who have been advocating for, for Palestine, whether in the schools, in the workplace, in, in many industries. We have seen, unfortunately, CEOs weaponizing their positions to suppress and stifle free speech in their workplace. So, in short, our hands have been full. We received thousands of cases, uh, requests for help, intervention, and also requests for those who have been uh, uh, attacked physically uh, for care and the community stand behind them. Has the family of the six-year-old Palestinian boy or the uh, three teenagers in Vermont reached out to care? Yeah, I mean, our office in Chicago has championed the, the case and the plight of the Palestinian family. It was our office that uh, uh, held press conference with the father and family members and uh, made sure that his story is known to all people. Uh, and what happened was really the product of the portrayal of the Palestinians as, as the villains and dehumanizing them uh, has been the result of what we see around. In terms of the three uh, Palestinians, two of them are U.S. citizens and one is a legal resident, uh, our people are in touch with family members and uh, along with ADC, the American Arab Anti-Discrimination Committee. Uh, and their plight uh, is known, but also we remind the president and his administration that it is his policies, his statements, his support to the state of Israel that has led to all these attacks and hate crimes and, and violations of people's and American civil rights to speak up uh, against his policies that led to this Islamophobic and the spike in anti-Muslim sentiments in the country and around the world. As you mentioned, CEOs and companies have been weaponizing their positions to defend Israel and U.S. foreign policies. Uh, even someone such as myself who's employed and many other Muslims who are employed in fear when they speak out losing their jobs. Uh, what has CARE been doing across the United States to ensure that Muslims' uh, rights, employment rights, are not being violated for speaking out for Palestine? We have been supporting all those who have been voicing their opinions, protesting, uh, taking any civic action uh, to call for a ceasefire and also to expose the Israeli atrocities back to the U.S. Um, and we have conducted dozens of seminars, webinars to uh, raise awareness about people's rights because your rights in the private sector is different than your rights and your free speech a ceiling if you are working for the federal government, for example, or if you work for uh, for a state uh, institution. Uh, and also people uh, have to read and be aware of the policies of their corporations and their workplace to know that they don't cross the limit. Uh, and not knowing these things sometimes has, uh, has led to people being fired and maybe the rights being violated. Um, and we have been intervening uh, as much as we can, given the overwhelming number of cases that we have been receiving nationwide. What has CARE's strategy been throughout this conflict? What have you guys accomplished, and what do you aim to still accomplish as CARE? Our strategy is, we call it the 3D strategy. Uh, demand ceasefire, um, 
and I think uh, again collectively uh, ourselves and other activists around the country uh, were able to put the necessary pressure on this administration and I believe we started to speak the language that this administration understands that if they do not uphold uh, international human rights and they put the necessary pressure on the Israeli government to stop its uh, genocidal campaign uh, this administration, this president, and other candidates, and I spoke here and I continue to speak in my personal capacity, they will lose the votes uh, in, in the elections. And I think when, when this pressure started to mount on them, we, we started to see a different tone coming from this administration and many political leaders. Um, and that is, I would say, you know, you know we, we, we succeeded, but we still need to do a lot of work to make sure that we have a permanent ceasefire. Second D is uh, drowning out the Israeli propaganda. Uh, and, and we replaced it, replaced it with the true narrative of the Palestinians, the reality of what Israel uh, has been uh, doing to the Palestinians, genocidal campaign, war crimes and, and crimes against humanity beyond anything that we have seen even in history. Uh, total destruction of, of half of Gaza um, and, and decimation of their infrastructure, uh, imposing a, a complete blockade, uh, security, uh, uh, militarily also depriving people from uh, food, water, electricity, medicine, and fuel. These are all uh, horror uh, and, and, and war crimes that uh, people should really keep in mind and they should not close their eyes to what Israel is doing. And I believe right now, when you survey the scene, you will see that the majority of people around the world see uh, Israel for what it is, a, a terrorist uh, state imposing uh, this uh, inhumane uh, you know, suffering on the Palestinians. And finally, the last D is defending the rights of American Muslims, Palestinian Americans, and pro-Palestine activists and organizations who have been under the receiving end or at the receiving end because of their activism. They have been bullied, they have been silenced, they have been discriminated against, they have been threatened with legal action uh, by, 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 by the government and sometimes by the state attorney general like what we have seen in the state of Virginia. The attorney general um, is going after a Muslim Palestinian organization frivolously, um, and he's just uh, uh, abusing his power uh, to uh, uh, discourage them and prevent them from exercising their constitutionally protected rights. When someone looks at that and looks at APAC's influence in, in Congress and Christians for Israel, who have over six million members, similar to this amount of population of American Jews in the entire country of the United States, and then someone looks at what APAC is uh, when, when uh, that recent politician, I forget his name, came out and said that APAC offered him 20 to 30 million to run against Rashida Tlaib and silencing Rashida Tlaib in, in Congress. Um, how, when an American Muslim looks at that, why shouldn't they feel a sense of their country doesn't love them, doesn't, doesn't respect their opinions or views? Yeah, and we have to differentiate. A sense of hopelessness yeah, yeah. as well. No, we have, we have to differentiate between the country and the corrupt politicians. Uh, Congress, many members of Congress have been bought, and this is no secret, 
just Google it. Uh, go go to uh, the facts and, and, and research it. You will find it just in your face. The fact that APEC and its affiliates have been buying uh, politicians uh, in, in order to uh, receive money and, and, and the favor they're always asking is just to express unconditional support for the state of Israel and put no limits and no obstacles in its way to dehumanize and just uh, uh, genocide the Palestinians with their either total silence or total support. Um, so that, 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 that's a reality. The same thing, um, the media has been corrupted and the media forgot its uh, professional mission uh, to take both sides and to inform the public, not forming the public, but informing the public. And the media has been culprit and, and, and complicit in covering up for Israel's crimes and the American politician corruption uh, who have been siding with the state of Israel. Having said that, uh, I strongly believe that the, the American public is with the Palestinian people. 66%, uh, if not 68% by now, have called an, uh, on the administration to call for a ceasefire, which means that our elected representatives, majority of them, are out of step uh, with the American people. And the question is, if they're not serving the American people, whom are they serving? Are they serving the state of Israel? Did they pledge an allegiance to the people of this, of this country or to the state of Israel, a foreign state that has been depleting our resources and have been damaging our reputation and, and, and national security at home and around the world? because of its behavior and our politicians' inability or uh, unwillingness to um, stand up for what's right and tell Israel enough is enough. But if you look at the billions of dollars that backs Israel and the Zionist political regime in general and how much influence monetarily they have on the media in the United States and the West in general and the government, one can look at care and ADC and say, what can they do against billions of dollars? We're, we're doing a lot. Um, uh, we, we're stronger than them because we are on the side of uh, history, on, on the right side of justice. And these corrupt propagandists, uh, they may succeed for one decade, two decades, seven decades, one generation, two generations, but they will not, they will not stand forever. And we have seen the history of all occupations and oppressions and genocidal regimes, they, they, they have vanished. So uh, I'm not demoralized, I'm motivated, uh, you know, like any, ever, like any other time. Uh, these do not discourage me. Uh, what disappoints me is the corruption of our politicians, is the inaction of those who can speak and they are silent. Uh, our communities and organizations, I think, are effective, they're doing the best. But we just need also to help transform our communities and our supporters. Instead of putting all their resources into relief and humanitarian work, they have to save some of this money to strengthen the political voice of the Muslim community and the voices for Palestine. Uh, so it's a matter of time until uh, more of the young generations who, uh, see who are the future of this country and also who will produce future uh, policies uh, that are based on, on, on justice and dignity for all, uh, this will change and this will not stand for forever. That's why we're fighting now. And every fight we, we make every day, today, tomorrow, and day after tomorrow, is just uh, a step towards 
uh, correcting the path that this uh, corrupt administration and other administrations have sided with the state of Israel at the expense of the Palestinian people and at the expense of the American values that all believe that people are equal at home and abroad. Justice is for all, for people around the corner and around the globe. Do Muslim Americans, do, do American Muslims have a lobby here in DC? Yes, we do. Uh, I mean, we, we have limited lobby. Soon we're going to announce uh, another level of uh, lobbying. That Care has can, lobbying yes. capabilities? Yes, yes. Um, we're going to expand our efforts and we're just uh, ready to announce a major initiative that will just uh, take our community and the pro-Palestine supporters to the next level. Tell me a little bit more about that because I, I cannot. I, yeah, I, I cannot. I cannot say any more unless everything is ready and official. Well, let me let me tell you what I what I do need to know because th this is something that I'm extremely passionate about as mm -hmm. as a Muslim that's going to raise my kids here and yeah. hopefully have a place in this country. Mm -hmm. uh, I would Not love. Hopefully, you will have a place in this country. So, it's your place. It's your country. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to be able to donate and participate in a lobby. Uh, yes. a, a Muslim, American Muslim lobby. Mm -hmm. So for us, for all the American Muslims that are listening to the show and may be even going to hear about what you're about to say right now, how can we help join CARE in this in this initiative? Yeah, I would say for all those who uh, support the Palestinians and support justice, uh, stay tuned. We appreciate all your efforts, all your sacrifice, all your courage. All the hours you have spent in the streets, uh, shouting "Free, Free Palestine," uh, and calling on this administration and other uh, leaders to step up to the plate and do what the American people elected them for, which is uh, to support the constitutional rights of, of all Americans to speak truth and also uh, um, to feel free at their home, uh, in their own spaces, to express their support for oppressed people without being penalized, without, without being stifled or silenced. So I'm saying to all these people, thank you for the hundreds of thousands of young people and community supporters from the Muslim community, the Palestinian community, and outside the Muslim community. I, was, I would say stay tuned. A new organization is being formed. Uh, once it's ready to announce, we welcome your contributions. We welcome your efforts, your time to be part of this movement that will make a major shift in the U.S. policy towards the cause of Palestine. Inshallah, I mean, and I would love, I'd love to be uh, a part of making that a publicity thing, a public thing to, to, sure. to put I, it out there, yeah. because I, I, I think one of the issues that we have yeah. in America is that, uh, for Muslims especially, is that we like to reinvent the wheel, right? Mm -hmm. And someone, someone goes around and says, we need a Muslim lobby and starts one from the ground up when he doesn't realize that CARE has so much infrastructure, has an office right here that I could literally see the Capitol building from right down the street right here. There's already a wheel. We don't have to reinvent it. Okay. And that's why I wanted to, you know, formalize and officialize yeah. that, mm -hmm. that CARE is starting. Right. Is it a branch off? Um, we're, we're going to, inshallah, explain that. But uh, look, I cannot describe the excitement that, um, so many people are having, and I, I'm, I'm one of them, that we're going to embark on a major breakthrough in the way we do business, in the way we speak uh, to our politicians nationwide. Um, and I, I can assure you that there are literally hundreds of thousands, if not 
millions of people who are really fired up and fed up. They're fired up to, to do more and to do the right thing and to be more effective to, to really establish justice and stand for the oppressed here at home and abroad, but in particular uh, to stand up with the, for the Palestinians. So Nahed Donald, you've been working a long time for this effort. You, you have, uh, last time we spoke, I could feel the passion and equally the pain and struggle that you've been through in your life that has propelled you to where you are, mashallah, today, as one of, uh, one of the most influential and powerful Muslim Americans in the country. Uh, I, I firmly believe that these next two decades is everything you're working for, inshallah, is right there in, those, in these next two decades. I don't think we've ever had the Palestinian movement have so many eyes on it, so many people with us. And uh, inshallah, this is CARE's time to shine and make a difference in all other Muslim organizations. So I just wanted to say we're with you, we support you, and I know so many Muslim Americans are willing to put in millions of dollars into these efforts business that. Well, thank you. Uh, it's, not, it's not only me, it's a, it's a collective effort. Uh, we have a big team and uh, Alhamdulillah, Allah blessed us, honored us uh, to, to do this. And uh, if anything well we did, it's from God subhanahu wa ta'ala, from Allah. And uh, we will continue on this path. And it's, uh, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just, you know, definitely uh, as Muslims, as citizens, we just have to do what we believe in and do the best we can. Um, it's, it's in God's hand. Uh, if we succeed, alhamdulillah. If we don't succeed, we will continue to work until we succeed. And uh, yes, we will. Uh, ceasefire now. It's a phrase that has been said multiple times in this interview so far, in this conversation so far. Mm -hmm. It is one of the most trending phrases on the internet in the last month, over mm -hmm. a month now. Uh, and it is a phrase that has been chanted right here in DC, down, in, down the street in our nation's capital, where brave Jewish Americans stood with ceasefire now and not in our name shirts, mm -hmm. chanting for the Palestinians to be freed. What does a ceasefire look like to you as Nahed Awad? What does well, it mean? Well, we, uh, ceasefire has to be permanent. And ceasefire should not be a pause. Uh, yesterday, we killed uh, 6,000 children and uh, 4,000 women, and we destroyed uh, people's infrastructure and lives. And, and now we just pause. Uh, then we'll, we're going to go back and kill more children and more women and wipe out more families. Uh, ceasefire has to be ceasefire for good, uh, where, where, where Palestinians who have been under the receiving end of this oppressive apartheid regime, aided by the United States government shamelessly, uh, has, has, has to end. And, and, and Palestinians have to live their, their lives like other people. Um, so, uh, and that's not the end. We're not just looking for a ceasefire for good. We're, we're looking for lifting the siege for good. Uh, lifting the embargo, uh, let Palestinians have their own state, have their own freedom. They're not less than any other people around uh, the world. And so, yeah, I'm just I'm looking forward to the day where a Palestinian state uh, will be established and people will, will, will sing their national anthem and will fly their flag. They will have their airport. Uh, they will have their own government elected by the people for the people. Uh, like any other nation, and delaying this, obstructing this, 
is a war crime by itself, is a war, uh, is a war against humanity. And this is not a Palestinian fight. This should be the fight of every decent human being, regardless of their faith tradition, regardless of their uh, national origin, regardless of their ethnicity, regardless of where they are on the map, regardless of where they are on the uh, political or, or economical ladder. Every human being who feels the dignity and freedom should make sure that the Palestinian people deserve and live and granted the same rights. Are we too far gone from a one-state solution? And hear me out here. What I mean by a one-state solution is dismantling the Israeli government in the same format or similar format to that of South Africa, where it's just enough dismantlement to remove the, the racist supremacist infrastructure that they've placed and create a country and government system that allows Jews, Muslims, Christians, Palestinians, Israelis to all live together in one country, West Bank, Gaza, current Israel, Palestine, all put together into one country where everyone lives together as one. Is that too late? And if it's not, how come I haven't heard anyone mention this as a solution? I did, and I always say that, uh, uh, first of all, Israel has to be stopped not to stop, has to be stopped, if it's not stopping, from uh, confiscating more lands and segregating uh, Palestinians uh, and uh, treating them as uh, not, they're not second-class citizens. They're not citizens in their own country. Treating them as, as subhumans. So these practices have to be stopped if Israel is not stopping them then what form of government the Palestinians would like to live under, that's their choice. I mean, I, I, have, I have a voice as a Palestinian. Um, you know, the two-state solution, Israel destroyed them. And, and Benjamin Netanyahu, in, in his attempt to stay in power, he's appealing to his uh, um, crumbling Likud party that uh, elect me, keep me in power, keep, keep me as the prime minister because I am the only one who will prevent uh, the, the establishment of a Palestinian state in Gaza. So he, he's not only uh, um, preventing any kind of solution uh, to, uh, to, to the occupation, he is contradicting uh, the, the, the philosophy or view or the position of the United States government and the Biden administration's government and the majority of uh, people in Congress. Uh, although I believe the majority of them are in the pocket of APAC, and I say this publicly anywhere, um, you know, Benjamin Netanyahu, time and again, has shown that he's not inter interested in peace. He is fighting uh, the Palestinians' right to live uh, as equals in their own land on their own terms. In terms of what is the ultimate solution, uh, I'm, I'm an American citizen, and I see what democracy looks like, relatively speaking. And I believe that the best form of government is a government that treats all its people equally, regardless of their faith, uh, background, skin color, economic status, uh, and you know, to, be, uh, to live equally and be protected equally. And that's really the one-state solution. I mean, in, in the United States, we have so many so many uh, uh, counties and states, but we have one, gover one government. Um, that's, to me, that's the ideal solution, is, is a, a, a state for all the people, and all the people have to be uh, treated equally. 
But this will not happen before uh, the Israeli Zionist and apartheid regime is, is eliminated as, as a system of government, uh, not as a people, because that would be genocidal, and I would never advocate for that, because it is un-Islamic, it's inhumane, and, and it is not at the table uh, compared to the Israeli practices that we have seen, which have been genocidal. What we're looking for is a, a, a state where all people will be there, living equally, but also granted to the Palestinians the right of return, like myself and my family, who have been uh, ethnically cleansed in 1948. We have every right to go back and live there and claim our rights and get reparation, not only be allowed to go there and, and, and see if our house is still standing or it has been uh, uh, given to another Jewish settler or, or has been destroyed and they claimed the land and built on it. We do not know that there will be no solution unless this right is 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 uh, is uh, fulfilled. Uh, so the government after that can be a representative government. Uh, who will be there and who will not? Definitely, the indigenous people should be the main component of of that nation. And those who uh, have the legal right to be there, they will be there. I mean, Muslims and and, and Christians and Jews. Uh, have coexisted in that land for, for hundreds of years. So, so the, the tricky thing about this is uh, many Americans that are, that are pro-Palestine but aren't active and aren't interested, one of the reasons is, is because they don't know our end result. They, they don't know what the pro-Palestinian movement is trying to accomplish. And this is why I'm asking you this They're question. They're trying to establish freedom. But what, how, you, how, how, you, how, you do, how you get freedom? First of all, first of all Israel has to stop, to stop bombing the Palestinians. The United States has to be a, an honest broker for peace, not a dishonest agent for war, as we have seen so far. Uh, and is, uh, the United States has to stop shipping our tax dollars in the billions to the state of Israel. We need to take care of the homeless people. We need to take care of the people who do not have health insurance. We need to secure our schools. We need to give job opportunities for the millions who do not have jobs, the unemployed. We need to fi fix our infrastructure. America needs this money. Why do we just ship them to the state of Israel? For what? And Israel has been hurting us and damaging our reputation around the globe. This is, this is a stupid investment. Unlike what President Biden said, it's the best investment. It's the stupidest investment and the most criminal investment uh, at the expense of the hardworking Americans who have been working and, and, and paying taxes honestly, and you're shipping their money overseas for what? So that's really part part of uh, you know uh, of the points that I would like to make, and 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 once we uh, stop aiding and uh, and enabling Israel to be. The, the settler colonial uh, state that it is, uh, Israel will, will come to the table uh, and will negotiate peace. And all the terms of negotiations will be left for those who negotiate. I guess where I come from, my perspective is, if I come to you, uh, Mr. Nahed Awad, and I ask you as a Palestinian-American, one of the most powerful in the country, what should we do? And the response is said, left to the, it's left to the Palestinian people and what they want to do. And then I go to Mohammed al-Kurd in New York and ask him, what should the Palestinians do? And he tells me it's up to the Palestinian people. And then I go to Omar Sulaiman in Dallas and I ask him the same question. He gives me the same response. 
it then appears to be that the Palestinian movement is a headless chicken running around, uh, carring away. Because, not because, the, so many Americans see it that way. And I've spoken to them and sadly that's the case. We know what we want, but they don't know what we want. To them, they're going, do, do the Muslims or the free Palestinian movement, are they anti-Semitic? Do they want to kill all Jews? They, do they want to expel Jews from Israel? But Israel, you know, Jews just got their homeland. Are we going to really expel them? If when you say you want your home back with the key, that you still have your key from 1948, does that mean you're going to go, go back and expel a Jewish family from their home and now live there? Does two right wrongs make a right? There, there, there's a lot of these questions, and that's why I think it's very important for us to make it clear to the American people, especially someone such as yourself, what are we aiming for as the Palestinian movement? Again, it's not really a rapid science. Uh, you know, once we get there, we will get there. Two-state solution, I'm not opposed to, to, to two-state solutions. Israel destroyed that solution for 30 years. Uh, the PLO, the Palestine Liberation Organization, signed a, C, a, a peace agreement with the state of Israel. Uh, in return, Palestinians will have their own state, so there will be two states. Uh, Israel has been destroying that, 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 that option. To reinstate it, I'm fine with it. I have no problem. So, so the Palestinians have, have clarity. If the two-state solution uh, is an option, fine, put it at the table. But also the right of return is there. It's non-negotiable. What, what does the right of return mean? The right of return is, you know, uh, uh, where do you live? You live in Dallas? Yeah, did right you, now. Correct. Did you buy a house? No, no. It's better if you say Maryland. Then. Okay, okay. So, so, so you live in Maryland. Okay. And if you have a house, whether you rent a house or whatever. But let's say you worked hard all your years and you bought a house. You bought a house. And someone just walked into your house and say, Hey, Mahmoud, get out of from here. I'm, I'm going to take it. Why? God told me so. No, 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 no. no. That, that, that's, it. That, that, that's what's happening. Right, that's right. what happened. God, some people said God told them so, and they came uh, and, and they took my family's home and the homes of 750,000 people. So uh, past, you know, years pass, and, and you go back and say, hey, I want to I I take my house. And, and the, the resident of the house will tell you, well, it's not fair, you're expelling me. So, so you know, th that's not an argument that, that, that holds any water. Uh, but do you think it's plausible, though? Do it you, is do possible. You, do you think it it, you possible. could actually get a million Israelis to leave their home in a peace treaty? No, no, no it's not their home. So, again, it's language. Well, to them it's their home. No, no, it is not. You know, they can say their home, but they took it from me. So, like, for example, is that your phone? Yeah. Give it to me. Okay, I took it from you. All right. Now, now it's mine. Okay. Now go ahead. Do you want your phone? Do you want your phone? <laughs> I have been using this phone now for two years. Now, it's mine. It's mine. Okay. Now you're coming me to me two years later. Say, Mahmoud uh, Nihad, I want this my phone, but it's mine. I have lived with it. I I know every feature in it. You know, I just. I love it. It's it's mine. You know. Well, have we ever seen such a peace treaty in history before like that? I, I don't think I could think of one time in history look, look. where people were able to go back to their exact home addresses after being occupied. No, they did. They did. They did. Yeah. They did. And we will. They did. They will. If you want to have peace, 
you have to have justice. If there is no peace without justice. There is no peace without justice. I took your phone. If your phone means a lot to you and I take it, and you do not know how to make phone calls, your life is frozen, you're just in isolation, you, can, you cannot work, you cannot call people, you know, you feel really deprived, you feel really deprived, and I just, because I'm more powerful than you, and I hold your phone, uh, and you say, I want my phone. Well, I say, you know what, let's have peace. Don't bother me, and I won't bother you. But forget about your phone. Is that a solution for you? I, what if, would the solution be for you, though? What if I gave, what if you gave me a new phone? You took my phone, and I'm, I'm upset about it, and okay. so you gave me a new one. Then, then it's, it's, it's now... Would that be acceptable? Uh, you know, we can negotiate, but you cannot impose on the oppressed a solution. You cannot impose on the oppressed a solution. It has to be negotiated. Sure. Do you think as, as one of the leaders of, of... Don't talk to me as a leader. I'm now, if you're talking to me as a Palestinian, I talk to you as a Palestinian. Okay, so, yeah. but you are a Palestinian leader. That's right? fine, yes. I mean, you have a voice more than many Palestinians, millions of Palestinians. That's why so, I have to stick to, to what's right. Right. And, yeah. And so in that negotiation table, would that be something you think the Palestinian people should be willing to negotiate? For example, because I think that's a stickler for a lot of people, and this is why I'm sticking on it, is, well, what if, what if I gave you the home right next to it? What if I gave you the home down the block? Is because, that acceptable? Because you took it from another family? Yes. No. You, 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 know, you, cannot, you, cannot, you cannot just uh, 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 play with people's properties as yours. You have to give up that you have no right. If you are a thief and you stole something, you have to give it back. It will never become yours just because you've been having it for a long time. That's the law. That's justice. If I will forgive you, that's a different scenario. That's a different story. But you do not impose on me, well, you know, realistic solution. No, no, no. It is my right, and I tell you if I will give up my right or not. You stole something from me, you have to give it back. I'm not talking about punishing you. That's a different uh, thing. The international community has failed. The UN has failed. You know, depriving us from using our lands, our homes, to make us refugees, to make a person like me in the refugee camp stand for hours to get food and water to take it to my family for years i i have not i'm not punishing you for that yet but i just want to uh, uh, you to realize that you stole something from me the first step is to give that what was stolen uh, to to the to the rightful owner and they decide whether they will forgive you or not so never Anyone should think that the Palestinians, just because they have suffered for a long time, that they can just have to give up on their legacy, on their rights. So what, what if... Otherwise, otherwise, you're telling people, go occupy, steal, and there will be a statue of limitation. There is no statue of limitation when it comes to justice. Hmm. So with this, this one-state solution idea, I, I think one of the ideas that's been proposed is what if we morally corner Israel between a rock and a hard place? And the way we can morally cor corner them 
is when Israel says they just want genocide, they just want to kill all Jews, they hate all Jews, uh, people such as yourself and Omar Sayyiman and Muhammad have quoted, and other influential Palestinian activists and leaders come out and say, well, here's our exact wants. What we want is one nation under God with Muslims, Christians, Jews, Buddhists, whoever, living all together as one Muslim and Jewish brother hand in hand. Do you think that's a plausible strategy that we should take? Well, again, if if you want to have a, a solution that, that will last, again, it has to be based on equal justice for all. You have uh, the majority of Israeli residents in the occupied Gaza, uh, sorry, uh, in the occupied West Bank, are settlers. Do you know who are these settlers? Many of them are Americans or Europeans. They have dual citizenship. That means they have more than one address. They have homes in New York, in, in Los Angeles, in Florida, in Texas. They have uh, homes in London, in Paris, in, in Berlin, in so many. Uh, they, have, they have more than one place of residence. They come to our land, take it and our homes and, and expel us and ethnically cleanse our people and take it. So the first thing is for these settlers, invaders, to leave the homes and, and, and re, re, you know, get repatriated to their countries because they are illegal settlers. And that will give more room for the people of Gaza and West Bank to live on their own uh, land. The question of the uh, uh, right of return, uh, you know, it, it, there should be national authority on behalf of the Palestinians to put the demands and fight for it and give the choice for individual Palestinians what they want. But there should be, there is a national right and there is an individual right. Um, the the one-state solution, is, in, in, my, in, my, in my view, is the best solution, the ultimate solution, because, uh, again, take the United States for, uh, as an example. It has succeeded, relatively speaking, uh, compared to its past, um, to to be a a, a melting pot for uh, an inclusive to be for for all people. Uh, so hap uh, why haven't we been pushing for this then? Why haven't we been pushing I, for one I, state? I, I pushed this uh, for this for for many years, but I'm not in you know in the way uh, of uh, states uh, two state solutions. I think I think the uh, the theme of what I've been trying to press on for the last fifteen minutes or so is. This lack of clarity. No, it's not. It's not a lack of clarity. Absolutely. It on the not. Palestinian movement side. No, no, it's not. It's not. I mean, look, one, 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 two state solutions idea was presented. Israel has been destroying it in practice. Right. If there are, if there is a, a two state solution, Palestinians will not oppose to it. They will not. I believe tell you me, are... Tell me, tell me any major Palestinian component that rejected the two-state solution at least in the past uh, 15 years tell me so you, so, keep, you keep mentioning that you personally favor the palestinian one-state solution why, why not care as an entity favor the solution that its executive favors um what well, well, care as an organization was never asked about uh the the the, the ultimate solution for uh, for uh, for the Palestine question. 
and uh, yeah, I think if we are at that stage, uh, you know, it's like any democratic institution. It will uh, it will back up what the Palestinians would like to do. I think that would be a, a wonderful idea if, yeah. if CARE was able to, in some way, shape, or form, put together a proposal for a one-state solution, and either place it online or bring it to Congress or something, or, or tell it to the people and make it clear the Palestinian movement wants Jews, Muslims, and Christians to live together, one nation under all, in Palestine. I think no one would be against that other than Israel. So would 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 care be no, no, willing I to think, come? I think, I think uh, the, uh, when you say nobody will be against it ex except Israel and except uh, you know the the pro-Israel forces in the United States, including uh, some uh, you know evangelical Christians and, uh, and and powerful lobbies and economies and you know it's uh, yeah I mean look uh, in, in in theory again I it's it's my. My, my favorite uh, uh, option and choice, uh, as far as the organization, the organization has its own uh, policy process that, 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 that we follow. Uh, the issue of Palestine is important for us as Muslims and as Kir. So, so do other also issues that we deal with, uh, minorities around the world and so on. And, and for sure, we just have to echo the Palestinian collective. Uh, Kir is not a Palestinian organization but supports what the Palestinian uh, collective uh, uh, and, and what the Palestinian people want to do. Uh, and that's why we, we all rally around unified Palestinian uh, position. So as you mentioned, APAC and Christians for Israel and other very powerful, powerful groups in America and Europe uh, are working hard to silence the Palestinian cause. Does CARE have the ability or desire to negotiate or push back w with such groups? This is a loaded question. When you when you mean uh, what you mean by uh, negotiate, and uh, mean we. So, do you sit, for example, as as care with uh, with APAC behind closed doors sometimes and be like, "Listen, man, I think we could work something out here. How about we as care and you as APAC sit down and." Discuss how we could go go about this because I think the situation is getting bad. Well, um, first of all, we have we our our positions are very clear. So, if any party uh, is interested uh, in giving up their their racism and their anti-Palestinian propaganda and work, uh, you know, we we can talk to anybody. Uh, but uh, you know, it's. Uh, if there is such a desire, which I hope that people will wake up to their humanity, uh, and and uh, they will find many people who are willing to talk to them. Uh, but but right now the dynamics of the equation has been a continuation of uh, misleading the American public, exploiting the American generosity, and uh, corrupting politicians and silencing voices. So that movement, the pro-Palestine movement. The support that uh, this movement is gaining among Americans who believe in universal values, who, who see what Israel is doing, uh, and who are not uh, you know, deceived by the Israeli propaganda because it's falling apart, um, you know, that, that, will, that hope is, is my hope that it will continue to increase and put pressure on the decision makers to line up with the American values, with the American people, 
who do not hate others, who do not wish harm to the Palestinians, but they have been lied to for generations. And that's why you see the, the generational gap between the young people and the older people. The younger people uh, increasingly support the Palestinians uh, because they read more, they see more, and, and they're open-minded, and they're not, you know, they have not been indoctrinated like the older generation. And younger people are willing to listen and learn than the older generations. And that's, uh, you know, proven uh, in, in many societies, and, and America is no exception. Let's stick to the first part of the question again real quick. Yeah. Okay. Um, does CARE have the ability or desire to speak to such groups? So do, do you guys even have the ability to go out and reach out to APAC and Christians for Israel and so on? Uh, no, we will not reach out to the APAC. No. Uh, Why? If the APAC uh, uh, changes its behavior and they would like to talk to us, we're here. But wouldn't someone say that... Uh, that's give not a way to make peace. That's not a no, negotiable no, I mean, I mean, the, stance. Uh, you know, first of all, give me indication that uh, APEC is 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 willing to talk, uh, and uh, you know we will entertain that, but we will not go to other people, because because the, the you know the, the dynamics are, are not right. If if APEC uh, tells us, hey, we are willing to to uh, uh, give up on this when we're, we're, we're going to work with the government of the U.S. to, to be fair and not to be one-sided, not to support atrocities and genocide. Uh, and, you know, if they have, they have to do their part, you know, we, we are the ones who have been at the receiving end. So you don't go to those who have been causing this harm and, 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 and talk to them. No, no, they, they you know, uh, they have to, to reflect on what's right to do, and we are ready. So, uh, for example, Sadat, the Egyptian president, uh, that, that during the Israel-Arab war, mm -hmm. uh, one of them, um, he actually did the exact opposite of that. He went to Israel after Israel uh, conquered the Sinai Peninsula uh, and, and spoke to is the Israeli people and put the Israeli government in exactly the position that I, would, I think the one-state solution would put them in, mm -hmm. in a moral corner. And the Israeli government in America went, America told the Israeli government, we can no longer stand with you and back with you as you enter Egypt more and more. We're losing our moral backing, right? And so they were able to pull out and the Egyptians and historians credit Sadat for reaching out and going to Israel and putting them on that moral, uh, in that moral corner. Don't you think that if you negotiated with APAC and, and other uh, Jewish and Christian groups that support Israel behind closed doors, that you can solve more quicker? Let's unpack this. Did Sadat consult with the uh, Egyptian people? No. Okay. Was he democratically elected? No. Uh, Sadat, in the views of the majority of Egyptians, he betrayed the Egyptian national interest, and he recognized an occupier. Uh, in return for Israel withdrawing from Sinai, uh, he gave up the Egyptian leadership, Egyptian army, Egyptian government's leadership in the Arab world, and normalized with the occupier, and has prevented the Palestinians and Arab countries from being unified and put the pressure necessary on, on Israel and the United States. So eventually, Israel and the United States have neutralized a leader uh, who, who did that. So, because Egypt has been crippled 
that peace treaty did not benefit Egypt, it benefited Israel. So, uh, so that model, in, in my view, is, is, not, is not the best model, although some Westerners uh, have credited Sadat for what he did. But when you look at the Palestinians and Egyptian intellectuals, free Egyptian intellectuals, I'm not talking state-sponsored intellectuals, they will tell you that what Sadat did was a, a crime against the national interest of Egypt. Many would disagree with that statement, but of course. Uh, so, yeah. But back to the the question yeah. as to wouldn't you don't you think that you could achieve more quicker if you have more uh, behind doors conversations with such powerful groups? If you if you uh, if you tell me uh, that this is uh, viable, we can study it, look at it, and, and consider it. Uh, okay. But, so, but right now, what we know, uh, we know that there is a corrupt organization that has been uh, taking billions of dollars from American uh, taxpayers and uh, give them to Israel illegitimately and has been representing uh, a, an apartheid regime in the United States. What, how can you negotiate with them? What can you negotiate with them? I believe they have a lot of work to do for them to, to be seen as, as, as a, a viable person to talk to. Hmm. What can mo American Muslims and even our allies in the United States do to help care, uh, yeah, do to help, uh, do to help care with their work? Well, we have received, um, um, as of two weeks ago, or two and a half weeks ago, we received 1,283 cases. I believe the, the number of cases now exceed, uh, exceed 1,500 or maybe 2,000. Uh, so don't quote me on that, but you know I'm, I'm I'm predicting that the number continues to grow. These are requests for help, uh, uh, you know, complaints about discrimination, uh, bullying, uh, being silenced in the workplace and schools, and uh, we do not have enough lawyers to uh, even process these cases, let alone resolve these cases. Uh, we uh, committed that we are, go we are we're going to increase our capacity, hire more attorneys, more caseworkers, more advocates to help the thousands of people who are seeking our help. So if anybody wants to support CARE, help us expand our capacity. Go and donate to CARE at CAIR.com um, and strengthen our voice because we need to strengthen our political and legal advocacy uh, to help those who stood up in the past month and a half to speak on behalf of the Palestinians and put the, the necessary pressure on the administration, on Congress, and also on the media. And I say to them, your work and your efforts bore fruit, and we see it. You see it, and we see it. But those of you who suffered in the process need help, and we are loyal to them. We're going to st stand by them, and we're going to help them, but we need more resources. Secondly, those who have been active in this moment, uh, be part of the movement, the growing movement, and, and stay tuned for the next level of political lobbying activism that CARE and other organizations are embarking and going to announce very soon. Thirdly, make sure that you don't waste your vote. Those who betrayed you have to pay for it. Um, and those who supported you, you have to support them with your votes and, and, and your financial resources. And that's, that's the true meaning of being part of the movement. And finally, I would say, 
young people who have been uh, fired up and, and ready to go, uh, be intentional, be, be part of this movement, be systematic, uh, be consistent, don't give up. This is not a, a sprint, this is marathon, and we have a long way to go, but with people like you, history will be made. Absolutely, and obviously be peaceful. Any act of violence harms our uh, movement, does not help it. Uh, what do you see as as Nahed Awad is the future? Where, where do you see the ceasefire going in 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 even the short term, in the next year, six months? Where do you see the ceasefire after it happening, uh, the current one? Well, we have to stay vigilant. Um, this is a, a truce or ceasefire that is temporary. Uh, uh, Israel may resume the bombings of Gaza and the killing of children and families and, and Palestinians and may cause more suffering to the Palestinians. And uh, we, cannot, we cannot just, uh, sorry, we cannot ignore it. We have to, to push back and we have to be organized. So uh, not, nothing is for granted. Uh, but even if the ceasefire became permanent, we have to make sure that we all work together to break the siege and lift the siege on Gaza. And we also have to put pressure on the state of Israel who has been killing Palestinians left and right in the West Bank. 440 people have been killed in the West Bank. And today, two, two, two children were, were shot dead, execution style, um, uh, and they were running away. Um, so there's no, there are no Hamas forces in the West Bank. And look at Israel's behavior. It's a genocidal machine that has to be stopped. So your voices are needed wherever you are. And your activism is a reflection of your values. And the uh, Palestinian people count on your activism, your courage, uh, and your voices. So this is just the beginning. If you have been there for a long time, thank you for what you're doing. If you're new to the movement, willing, uh, you know, uh, welcome to the, to the struggle for freedom for all. Executive Director and Co-Founder of Council on American Islamic Relations, Nahed Awad, thank you so much for joining the Ansari Podcast. Appreciate thank you coming you. on. Thank you guys for listening.